one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey everyone, Stephen's currently away on holiday, and he's asked me to help out making sure you guys get your Reddit stories. So let's get into them. Never again. My name is Diane, the first and only daughter of my parents. Ever since I was young, I have always practically excelled in everything I have set my mind to do. And I mean practically everything, right from academics straight to even sports and so much more. I had never thought this would ever pose to be a problem to me at, at the very least. But following the events that occurred when I was in college and what I had to go through at the hands of a particular lecturer, I have most certainly had a change of heart as to what position or what path I should walk on and how carefully I should tread said path. If we were to go right back to the genesis of my story, it all began way back when I was in high school. I was a year away from completing my high school chapter and I had already begun searching for educational programs available all around the country that I could embark on. Right back when I was in high school, I was popularly known as the school's nerd, as every competition or any academic hurdle I was faced with, I had always overcome without any effort. Everything just seemed easy to me at the time. While I excelled in the academic portion of my life, I chose to try something new and different for the first time, and I chose sports, as I thought at the time this would pose a bit of a challenge for me. My preferred sport of choice at the time was basketball, and not to pat my own back or sing my own praises, but I was also a natural at that. So much so, that from the point I'd started training with my team, up until the team's next match, which was about a month away, I was already contending the top spot on the team with the other girls who have been on the team for as long as I can remember. So, back then, apparently, the team's sports trainer had a certain fondness for me. At the time, I had initially thought it was just a fondness due to the fact that I was that good of a player, and he was trying to keep the coach-player rapport going. On some occasions, he would even summon me over to his office and request I stay behind to help him out with some stuff. I was willing at the time, mainly because I was oblivious to the fact that he was obviously making advances to me, and he was just looking for the right moment to pounce right on me when the opportunity presented itself. I had occasionally gone to his office, more times than I can remember, and this was nothing to me, as I thought that I was just helping the coach out, but I had not realised due to the gossiping nature of, well, my gender, that girls on the squad had occasionally seen me heading straight into the coach's office time and time again, but since there was no evidence as to what I was doing inside his office, the girls decided at the time to formulate their own story and spread it around. No sooner than three weeks after I had begun going into the coach's office had news flown around the school about the coach and myself, about how I was trying to win favour on the coach's side, and contemplation started to arise as to whether or not I had been winning favours with the other teachers at the school. So as to maintain my position as the top student in the school, when I heard this, I almost broke down in tears. It was one of the most ridiculous things I had ever heard in my life, as I could not fathom at the time what could have brought on such a rumour. But thinking back now, I think I can fully understand why they did what they did. I had never been this embarrassed in my entire life, to the extent that when I came to school the next day, all eyes were on me, right from the entrance to the school's hallway, straight to my classmates right there in class. 
it got to a certain point where I could not take it anymore. And I just went ahead to the guidance counselor. I just went there for a session as I needed someone at least to talk to who would most definitely listen to what it is I had to say. During our session, I explained the entire situation to her, as it truly was, and I asked for advice on how to play things out from then on out. I received some tangible enough advice, and I decided to act on it. The guidance counsellor really gave me some insightful things on my current situation, and she also revealed some truths to me. Truths like where the rumour must have originated from, and what the coach's true intentions were. After leaving school that day, I had a long thinking session where I pondered and thought deeply about the things the guidance counsellor told me that day. And then I came to the conclusion to try as much as possible to clear my name in the eyes of every single person in the school, as I thought if at least one person believed in me, I could still convince every person in the entire school. When I got back to school the next day, I confronted my teammates and questioned them as to who it was that went around and decided to spread such a repulsive and disingenuous rumour about me. Naturally, they all went silent on me, deciding altogether not to rat whoever said it at the time out. I thought it admirable, but I was still going to find out who did this. But this was not the first thing on my priority list, as the first thing I had planned to do in order to clear my name was to confront the coach and to try and catch him red-handed in the act he had been supposedly planning all the while he was summoning me to his office. So, I got a video recorder set up secretly in his office one day, right after training. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. On this day, he had summoned me, as usual, after training, to his office, and told me to sort out some files on a huge cabinet. Once I was done with that, I should call for him so he might inspect it, and then left for another room. Sorting out heaps of files, I just had this feeling that something was going to happen that day, and that very day was the day he was planning on making its move. So, I quickly planted my phone at the corner of the room. He came inside the room while I was arranging and sorting like he asked, and he made his move on me. 
I retaliated and tried to escape from him. I managed to push him and hit him in the groin area with my knee as hard as I could. And then, while he was on the floor, I hurriedly took my things and my phone I'd set up and ran out of his office. I ran without looking back until I got home. I went straight to my room and cried my eyes out. This is the scariest situation I had ever been in in my entire life. That was the closest I had ever gotten to anything happening to me. After I had cried my eyes out for hours, I had finally gotten the composure to think properly. And what came next was what I was going to do with the piece of evidence I had gotten now. I just came to the conclusion that I was going to submit it to the proper authorities. But first, I informed my parents about what I had gone through and what I had with me. He was furious and started calling everyone he knew in law enforcement, all to figure out what he would do to the coach. And then, the next school day, when I came to school, surprisingly, I was approached by the coach and he began to beg for forgiveness, as it seems he had seen me when I took my phone from the place I had kept it for recording. He had thought that I already had leverage against him and that I was planning on exploiting it. Well, he wasn't wrong. I did have evidence, but I wasn't going to exploit it. What I had planned was something even worse. According to my father, some officers were coming to school the next day to take him away on the grounds of him trying to do something to a minor. Once I told him this, he broke down in tears as he began pleading and begging for me not to take things to the extreme. But it was no longer in my hands as my father had already taken the matter up with the school authorities that morning before I left the house. And before I could even finish talking, two hefty officers came and asked if he was the one they were looking for. And once he had affirmed this, they immediately took him away, and that was the last I ever saw of him. Apparently, I had cleared my name in the eyes of everyone in the school, and my initial plan had succeeded. This was all the events that took place while I was still in high school, but the one that made me have a different outlook on life was when I had gotten into college. This was about two years after I had left high school, and I was already a sophomore in college, majoring in biomechanics and robotic engineering. After I left high school, I had different various choices to choose from as a subject major, as each and every option I had was seemingly too easy and not worth it for me at the time. So I decided to make further and more extensive research on the most difficult subject major I could find. That could at least prove to be tasking for me back then. I later settled for biomedical engineering and a sub-major in robotics engineering. When I first entered into college, I was having quite a tough time adjusting to the new environment, and settling down proved to be quite a hassle. But, with the help of some new people I had met at the time, everything soon became much easier for me as time went by. I had initially made up my mind before going to college that I would most definitely not develop overly close attachments with my peers, so as to prevent what happened back in high school from repeating itself again. I decided to create strict boundaries to draw a line between my school life and my social life. When I got to college after turning 20... One would think that my growth spurt would have stopped back in high school, but apparently, and unfortunately for me, puberty had other plans in store. When I entered college, I kept on developing, and I kept on growing up, to a point that one would not be able to discern and differentiate between my current self and the me from a few months back. With this growth came the increasing and incessant attention from men, from all age categories. At one point, I started to dampen down the way I showed myself out in public. I started wearing clothes that covered me fully from top to bottom, and I would also limit the amount of times I'd show myself out in public. This was because I was getting tired of the ever-increasing attention that I'd received from men, but all in all, the attention that I was receiving at the time didn't pose any problem for me, but the particular one did pose a serious problem, that of one of the lecturers in my class. So, for quite a while, I had noticed that this lecturer, Mr. Julius, has always had his eyes on me, 
and this was quite troubling as he had made several attempts to try and woo me. Sometimes after his class, and some other times, or rather most times, he would approach me when I was outside my dorms or with friends. This became troubling as I had first-hand experience as to how bad these things could turn out with the way he was going about things. Every single time he had approached me, I had always tried my possible best to turn him down outright. However, I knew he was not going to just stop there. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So I started taking precautionary measures. Measures I already had prior knowledge of while I was back in high school. Every time he approached me, I would always try to keep an audio recording of our conversation. This started from the third time he had approached me in class, as I had initially predicted, he had been devising a way for him and myself to be alone on the school premises. I had always been fully prepared for absolutely anything. While I stayed behind that particular day in the school library, I decided to finally leave. I had the feeling I would not be able to read and digest properly if I was in my comfort zone, so I decided to stay behind in the library to complete my daily reading quota for the day. And on my way out of the library, I passed by the staff lounge, which was reserved mainly for the lecturers of the faculty. I initially heard moans coming from the lounge, and seeing as the lights were turned off for most of the rooms in the faculty building, I thought something bad had happened to someone, so I decided to just check out if there was truly someone there, and if they needed help of any kind. When I entered the room and turned on the lights, what I saw still disgusts me to this day. As there was a course mate of mine that had always been having issues with Mr. Julius's course, I've always been trying to provide assistance and guidance in whatever little assistance I can, only for me to open the door, switch on the lights, and I saw her with Mr. Julius. I just ran out of the room, and to my greatest surprise, I was chased down by Mr. Julius as he tried to explain his behaviour just now. I was not even in the mood to listen to whatever it was he had to say to me. As I tried to shrug him off and be on my way, he just straight out threatened me that if word were to come out about what I had seen that night, then he would make sure I would not graduate at all. I initially didn't think much of his threat, but later on, as I began remembering the events that happened that night and the threat he gave me that day, I began to feel ticked off, and I decided to head over to the appropriate authorities and report this incident. But seeing as I did not have anything to incriminate him, the matter was put on hold due to lack of evidence. Though I was not told this, and I had thought the matter was taken up, but it was no sooner in the semester when I saw my results and found out that truly Mr. Julius had failed me without proper justification. Then I remember what he told me the night I caught him. The next thing I thought was that he was failing me as a way to punish me for reporting him. So I decided to provide all the evidence that I had gathered against him on my path, all showing clearly his failed attempts at trying to do the same thing he did to the other girl that night in the staff's lounge. Once I submitted this, I also filed another complaint geared towards his wrong grading due to personal reasons. I heard later that week that he was called to the college's board of directors, and he was relinquished of his position as senior staff in the institution. I felt relieved as I felt powerful, and in full and total control of myself. I had vowed that very day that I would not be controlled by or put in that situation ever again by any man, irrespective of their status, never again. Well, this is one of those situations where 
you know, it sucks that it happened in the first place. That's obviously a, a horrible thing for anyone to go through, but to be able to use that to your advantage must be the sweetest feeling to uh, to get something out of it and to fight back. Good on OP for doing this. I swindled the swindler. There are some things in this world that are inevitable experiences in a person's lifetime. Love, death, taxes, and being swindled. The first three might sound mundane compared to the last, but trust me, whoever you are listening to this, that you've probably experienced the last one the most. Whether you successfully got swindled depends on your awareness at the time, and not to get too political, but I think most form of taxes also fall into the swindling category. So, it might not always depend on your awareness. Please don't come for me, government overlords. I, for one, have had many experiences with swindlers, too many to count even, from getting sold fake watches as a kid to falling victim to multi-level marketing schemes as an adult. Sometimes you're able to tell it's a scam and avoid it. Sometimes you can't really help it, and other times you end up feeling broken inside for weeks. One experience in particular stands out for me, and that is the experience I'm going to tell you about today, because it was the first time I decided two should be able to play the swindling game. I used to live in a big city, and you know what they say. The bigger the city, the bigger the crimes. Don't look for who said it, just believe me and keep going. So, I lived in a big city, and not the utopia kind, just the kind that everyone goes in to search of opportunities, regardless of the actual living standards, and, as you'd expect, everyone was always trying to make a quick buck, including me, I'm not gonna lie. It was common in my city to see people doing tricks on the sidewalks. Sometimes they were actual cool tricks, and other times they were just an avenue to scam unsuspecting passers-by, and it wasn't even uncommon to have your pockets picked, even if you didn't fall for these tricks. The streets were truly crazy. I always loved watching the tricks on my way back from work because some people did truly amazing things and, and it was from watching some of those tricks that I made my first non-work friend in the city. It was a rainy Friday and I had just closed work for the week so I wanted to lighten up my mood by watching some street performances. I lived close to the avenue that was popular for street performers so I usually stayed longer than most and that Friday was no different. I got there with my umbrella as I didn't take a raincoat to work, but a lot of people around were just standing under the rain, although it wasn't that heavy to be honest. The first performance I saw was a dancing group, and they were good, but they weren't what we all came to see, because everyone knew the magic shows were the reason the street performances got so popular in the first place. So we all waited for the magician who was going to perform that day. After a while, it was finally time for the grand finale, which was always the magic show, and we were truly captivated by all the tricks we witnessed. That was the first time I ever witnessed a disappearing trick, but I would witness another just a few seconds later as I checked for my wallet and saw that it was gone. Apparently, I had been pickpocketed while I was engrossed in the magic performance, and I didn't know if it was part of the trick, but I was totally tricked both ways. Luckily for me, someone was more aware of their surroundings and noticed the thief pick my pocket and quickly raise an alarm, then ran after him and caught him as I recovered from the minor shock. I got my wallet back and the hero fully introduced himself to me, then I did the same right back and... That was how we kicked on from there and became friends. My new friend worked in a coffee shop around the avenue where they did the street shows, so he was usually able to see the setup of performances and occasionally met with the performers, so he knew a lot of them personally and knew how things worked around the area, really. He told me he had seen the pickpocket try to pickpockets multiple times before and had even caught him in the past, which was why he kept an eye on him as he approached me during the magic show. Over time, we began to hang out, and he introduced me to more performers, and I got to know how a few tricks were executed, which was nice. I also made some performer friends along the way, but tried not to get too personal with them, because I didn't always agree with their lifestyle. However, there was one guy that I got close to that I probably shouldn't have, 
And the worst part about him is that I had known him as a snake oil salesman before my friend introduced him to me. He was one of those people who would sell magic potions and drugs claiming that they were going to change something in your life. And that should have been the red flag. But when my friend introduced him to me, he was charming enough for me to go down for subsequent hangouts. And we eventually became close, as close as I could possibly get with a snake oil salesman. Months went by after the pickpocket incident and my friend group had grown to include a few more of the street performers. And again, I would like to remind you that that friend group here is me putting it lightly because all we did was have a few hangouts together and it was at one of those hangouts that Mr. Snake Oil 